I think we need to communicate more. Morning, everyone. How are you all today? Cool. Good to see you all. Um, it's Kendall and Brent's last time with us. They are moving out to Pretoria side. And uh, yeah, I've been with us for about a year and a half, eh? Yeah. Um, has it been two years? A lockdown. Uh, who can count in lockdown? I mean, <laughs> um, but yeah, these guys have been part of the church for two years. We know some of their family as well, uh, and um, wonderful to see your journey, both of you, uh, into God as you've got plugged in um, and really plugged in into life group and to other things. Brent helping out on the sound desk um, from time to time. Uh, and so we wish you guys all the best. Thank you for all that you've been part of. Um, Kendall was one of the really helpful people getting the kids' ministry looking like it is now. She's like, you know that person who's connected? Like, I need to do this, but I don't know what to do or where to find it. Like, she will find it. She's one of those amazing people. So uh, you're going to stay on speed dial <laughs> for the future. Uh, but yeah, we wish you guys all the best. Uh, Kendall's changed jobs and moving out that side. Uh, and so... Yeah, thank you so much for being part of us and having one of your kids, both of them or one of them? One of them. That's right. <laughs> yeah, when, you, when you're parents, you count by how old your kids are, hey? Uh, but yeah, bless you guys and all the best for the next season that God has for you. Pray that you find an amazing church. You won't find one as good as this, but one like this, you know, in Pretoria. We, we really will pray hard for you guys. <laughs> no, that's awesome. <clears throat> We are, we are so excited for this gifted series. We really are. Because it's a moment for us to get deeper in our faith, learning about the gifts that God's put in every single one of us. So I want to really echo what Lainey said. Even unsaved people who don't know God, who've never come to church, I'm sure they would love to know what has this creator put inside me? What gifts has God given me? Even if they don't really believe in a God, they know that they've got gifts and talents. We can tell them who put them there. So I want to challenge you, pray and ask God, Lord, who should I invite to church on Sunday or to life group? What we'll do on the church WhatsApp group, we will post that little video, post the kind of graphic, and you can send that to your friends and family, your neighbors, your colleagues, to invite them along. On Sunday, the 6th of February, we're going to have, I showed it last week, I didn't bring it this week, the, the A4 book that's been printed. It's got place to take your notes on Sunday. It's got a 40-day devotion paired and linked up to the gifts for that week. And the life group discussion has been designed so that everything dovetails and flows together, that the whole church will be learning to grow deeper in the gifts that God's given us. We are really, really excited. Our kids have the same curriculum, but modified and packaged so that kids can learn about the gifts God's given them. Because we don't, it's not only when we're adults do we get to serve God. And so they're going to be doing a superhero-themed um, series as well. So, we're going to be praying into that and looking forward to that. As we build up to this series... I felt it would be really helpful for us as a church to revisit some of our values as we're heading into this big kind of season 
uh, starting on the 6th of February, if you had to turn around and look at the five words in blocks on the back screen there, those are our values. If you ever wondered, what are those words about? Those are the values of Hope City Church. Worship, discipleship, community, evangelism, involvement. That is what we want to feel like as we go about serving God. Those are the things that are important, the rocks in our life and living out our faith. And the way that we express them, the way that we work them out, we've got four kind of action words. They're on or below the logo that you can see on the screen behind me. Gather, grow, serve, go. The nice action words. And those incorporate all four, all five of our values. And they represent a pattern or a flow or a, a trajectory or a path, if you like, not quite a formula. But if you do those things and you plug into Hope City Church, God will grow you. You'll fall more in love with Jesus and he will use you to impact other people's life. Gather, grow, serve, and go. We gather on a Sunday like we're doing this morning to worship God, to hear his word. We grow as a disciple in our faith personally and with others in community. We serve other people through the gifts that God's given us. And we go, we take this message about God's grace and love to those who are near and far. Gather, grow, serve, go. And this morning we look at the first two of those, gather and grow. And we're going to start off by taking a a dive into the book of Revelation. So if you have a Bible, turn to Revelation chapter 4. We're actually going to read the whole chapter. Have you ever been in a church where they've read a whole chapter of the Bible in one go? It's one of the shorter ones, so don't, don't stress out. But as I read this, try and picture, it's very descriptive language that John uses. John, the apostle that Jesus loved, he wrote this book and... Uh, this is what he says, Revelation 4, verse 1. After this, I looked. In other words, I opened my eyes, I could see. And before me was a door standing open in heaven. How many of you would like to see heaven's door opened over your life? Amen. There's a door standing open in heaven. And a voice I heard at first speaking to me like a trumpet, says Jesus, said, come up here and I will show you what must take place after this. At once I was in the Spirit, and there before me was a throne in heaven with someone sitting on it. And the one who sat there had the appearance of jasper and ruby, and a rainbow that shone like an emerald encircled the throne. Surrounding the throne were 24 other thrones, and seated on them 24 elders. They were dressed in white and had crowns of gold on their heads. From the throne came flashes of lightning, rumblings and peals of thunder. In front of the throne, seven lamps were blazing. These are the seven spirits of God. Also in front of the throne, there was what looked like a sea of glass, clear as crystal. And in the center around the throne were four living creatures. And they were covered with eyes in front and on back. That's weird, hey? Have you ever tried to picture some of this stuff if you read the book of Revelation? It's very unusual. The first living creature was like a lion. The second was like an ox. The third had the face of a man. The fourth was like a flying eagle. Each of the living creatures had six wings and was covered with eyes all around, even under its wings. Day and night, they never stopped saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. 
Whenever the living creatures gave glory, honor, and thanks to him who's on the throne, the 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. They lay their crowns down before the throne and say, you are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they were created and have their being. Revelation 5 kicks in. And it's about a, thro- a scroll with seven seals. And no one could be found to open the scroll. And eventually the lamb comes. We read a few verses from Revelation 5. Again, try and picture this. He took the scroll from the right hand of him who sat on the throne. And when he'd taken it, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb. Each one had a harp. They were holding golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of God's people. And they sang a new song, saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals because you were slain. And with your blood you purchased for God persons from every tribe and language and people and nation. And you've made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God, and they will reign on the earth. And I looked... And I heard the voice of many angels, numbering thousands upon thousands and 10,000 times 10,000. Accountant, 100 million. Those are big numbers. And they're all singing loudly, 100 million angels. They encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders. In a loud voice, they were saying, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that's in them saying, To him who sits on the throne, to the Lamb, be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. And the four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshipped. Heaven is a place of action and weird-looking creatures. Shall I leave it there? That's probably the best we can say. You're probably thinking, how does this fit into gather? Maybe you can put up that first picture of gather. This is the most amazing description of a gathering. It's a gathering in heaven. They are angels, they are people, they are creatures gathering around the throne, worshiping Jesus. One day, when we're in glory, we will see the beauty and the majesty of God as these people and angels and creatures have seen, and we will most likely also fall down and worship. And I don't think we're going to have a choice I think it's going to be the most natural reaction to see the glory and the holiness of God firsthand, unveiled, unfiltered. We will fall down and lay down our crowns before him. It's not like God's going to force us. That's not what I'm saying when I say we don't have a choice. It'll just, we'll have to do it because we see God like these angels and creatures do. But here on earth, when we gather like we're doing this morning to worship, worship is a choice. We choose to worship. We choose to express our love. We choose to sing songs. Obviously, worship is so much more than just singing, so much more than just a Sunday service. We worship all day long. 
we worship by ourselves, etc. But we're talking about the value of Hope City Church of gathering together. It's a choice. It's a choice to set your alarm and come here on a Sunday morning. Worship, on earth at least, <laughs> is a choice. And I think our worship is so much more powerful because it is a choice that we get to make to worship Him. One of the things that worship does, it restores the right position between God and me. The right, not relationship, but the right like hierarchy, if that makes sense. God is God. He's eternal. He's infinite. He's unchanging. He's good. He's loving. He's powerful. I, on the other hand, am flesh. I'm physically flesh and bone. I'm mortal. I'm going to die. This body will pass away. I'm imperfect. I'm limited. I'm finite. I'm tainted by sin. God is the creator. I'm just the creature. And so worship reminds us who is the all-powerful one and who is the one who needs God every day. In fact, every breath is a gift from God. The Bible says he sustains, he holds all things together by his word. The reason there are planets and galaxies and flowers and trees and fish and everything else in creation is because God is holding it together. He is sustaining it. Life exists because God wants it to. So every breath of every day is a gift from God. And worship reminds us that we are dependent on him. And why we need that reminding is because so often I want to be the king and rule my life. And worship reminds me that I should be flat on my face before a God who is so holy and so pure and so powerful that he dwells in unapproachable light, the Bible says. Worship gives us a perspective. When we draw near to God and see just how great and mighty and powerful he is. I don't, words are failing me today. Our fears and worries, anxieties, insecurities, the giants that we're facing suddenly seem to get their proper size when we worship God. Uh, the best way I can explain it is if you've ever driven towards the mountains and you can see them far off and they look pretty small. Oh, I could easily hike that mountain, table mountain. Woo, it's flat like a table man. But when you get right next to it, it's really big and imposing. Am I right? Any mountain. When we are close to God, we realize how big he is. And suddenly the rest of our life gets put in perspective. Actually, no, God can take care of this. <laughs> our proximity to God, how close we are, determines how we see him. He doesn't change. He's the rock who's unchanging. But the closer we get, the more we see how good and loving, and powerful he is. And we start to lean on him and trust in him for our life. And as a church, we want to be those people who are passionately in love with God. We're enamored by him. We want to be consumed by him. We want to be obsessed with Jesus. And I love how all of our songs were all about Jesus very overtly this morning. We can never make too much fuss about Jesus. Not because he needs fussing about, 
but because he's worthy of making his name great. There's nothing better we can do than, than worship. Our humble hearts surrendered, pouring out our affection, our devotion towards him who's on the throne. The one who rescued us and saved us. John puts it so nice, he says, by your blood you purchased people for God. It's an amazing description. We can worship, as I said, not just on Sunday, but whenever and wherever we are. But gathering is important because we join our faith with everyone else's faith. And we feed off others' victories. And there's something special about the people of God getting together, singing in unity, as Lainey read this morning so wonderfully. And like an army pushing back darkness together. You can be an army on your own, but you're going to get so far only. God calls us an army, and together we advance and take ground on planet Earth. We gather. It's an important value for us as a church. And COVID, I think, has made us realize how important this gathering is. Do you remember the first lockdown where we didn't have church for like three months? Some of you were like, phew, can sleep in on Sunday finally. But most of us were like, after a few weeks, online church like lost its appeal. Oh yeah. Do you know why? Because you can hear the songs, and you can maybe sing along in your lounge if you're streaming, and you can hear the sermon, but it, I don't know, when we're not together, like when I'm at home and I listen to a sermon, it's just facts, it's knowledge. When I'm here, it's like the presence of God is here. Not that he can't be with us at home, but there's something about gathering that is just special. So gathers are one of our values. We gather to worship God. The second one is grow. You can put up that next slide. What a cool picture. Grow, growing up, if you like. And growing speaks about us, each one of us, being a disciple, growing in our faith personally. We each have a relationship with God, but growing in community as part of God's design for how we grow. It's about following Jesus. And as we follow him, we realize some stuff in my life doesn't match up with what Jesus wants from my life. And so God starts to highlight character issues and sin and sometimes just things that are not helpful. Not even a sin, it's just like, this is not going to help you follow me. And God points it out, and we start to work on things. And God's aim with our spiritual growth is to make us look like Jesus, so that Christ's character oozes out of us when we're squeezed. Paul writes to the Galatian church, Galatians 4 verse 19, and he says this, My dear children... For whom I am again in the pains of childbirth until Christ is formed in you. If you go and read the letter to the Galatians, you can see why he was so pained. They were going off course. And so he's like, guys, oh, you're hurting me. I've seen you going off on a tangent. All I want to do is see Christ formed in you. Some people say, I don't know what God wants for my life. He wants you to look like Jesus. So go and read the Bible and do what it says and start looking like Jesus as step one to what God wants for your life. Paul puts it a bit differently to the Corinthian church, 2 Corinthians chapter 3. He says this, And we who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory 
are being transformed into his likeness with ever-increasing glory. That word reflect can be translated contemplate or think about or meditate. So as we reflect and think, as we look at Jesus... Paul says we are transformed. That's the Greek word metamorphosis. We are changed as we look at him. That's why we sing about Jesus. Because as we look at him, he changes us. How? Into what? Into his likeness. This is what God wants to do with us, every one of us, to make us more and more like Jesus. And the longer that you and I follow Jesus the more we should look like him. The more our lives should be filled with the fruit of the Spirit. We should be more loving and more patient and kinder, more full of peace and joy and patience. That patience one is hard. We should be more holy, more gracious, more victorious, more forgiving. Dot, 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 dot. The longer we follow Jesus, the more we should look like him. God uses so many different ways of growing us. God's variety of tools to shape us is limitless, okay? He uses lots of ways to grow us. One of them is a personal connection with God. Each one of us should be connecting with Jesus on a regular basis, one-on-one. I can't have a relationship with God through my wife, I can't. God can speak to my wife for me, but I need a relationship with God. And so most Christians find this thing really helpful, having a personal one-on-one time with God every day, a devotional time or a quiet time, some people call it. Shouldn't be quiet because we should be talking and God should be talking to us. But we need to connect with God And spend time with them, just you and God, just me and God. That can happen in the morning, it can happen in the day. Some people spend time with God at night. It doesn't matter when you do it, but it's a really helpful thing to do. And when you're having that time, we read the Bible. We reflect on what we've read and say, well, God, what does this mean? What can I learn from your word this morning? We ask God, what are you saying to me through this word? We might pray and seek his presence What I've realized, the longer I serve God, is that I need to connect with Him. Because He is the source. He is the one who sustains me, and my tank runs empty quite quickly. Probably all of us were human, right? If I'm not connecting into the source, how am I going to be filled? If I'm going to be a half-decent husband and father and leader and employee, I need to be connected to God. I need to be drawing from Him, His enabling, His gifting, His empowering, His love, His presence, His grace that I can be gracious, His patience so that I can be patient. When you realize how patient God has been with every one of us, friends, (laughs) we should be a whole lot more patient with others. But, but think, of a, think of your phone, if you have a smartphone. It can do so much. But if it runs out of battery, you can do nothing with it. It needs to be connected to a power source and get recharged. You are the smartphone. God is the source of power. God can do so much with you and I if we would just connect and plug in. 
Having a personal time with God is so very important. That's one of the ways God works in our life to grow us. Another one of the big ways that God works is through other people. We're not called to live this life alone, but God puts people in our world. The reason you have that wife or that husband is because God using them to work on your rough edges, okay, and using you to work on their rough edges as well. The reason God gives you kids is to teach you patience <laughs> and sharing and work out the selfishness that's still in us as humans. I'm sorry, I'm just talking for myself now. I'm just being open and vulnerable here. But the, the Bible pictures and explains God's design for our growth as together, as a body, as a community, never on your own, because you just can't grow enough by yourself. That's why God stitched the different pieces together. Think of the body. Each one having a function, each one being connected. The only way that my liver can survive is if it stays in my body. Yeah. If you take out your, any organ, who's got a favorite organ here, favorite body part? <laughs> I love my stomach. I was going to say stomach too. <laughs> if you cut out your stomach and put it on a shelf for a week, the stomach is going to die. It's, it, it, it needs to stay in the body. And you and I, Paul says, we're like each one is a member of the body. If you and I are disconnected from the body, there's a slow death that's happening, okay? The body, for it to function properly, I mean, if I eat food and there's no stomach, it's a problem. It can't absorb the nutrients. I can't digest it and break it down. The body, the church, can only function as God's called it to be if all of the organs are there, and they're working. That's why it's essential for us to grow. We do it in community. We do it together. That's why we talk about life group every week, because it's, it's not the only way. It's one of the main ways Hope City Church works out this thing of growing in community and why it's so important for us. When we come together on a Tuesday night or a Wednesday night, we have fellowship, that wonderful Greek word koinonia, it's just like it's a special bond that believers have. It's just an amazing thing. We speak about what God's doing in our lives. We share testimonies. We pray together. We have fun. We live our lives together. We discuss God's word and how it applies. We challenge each other as well. This is what life group looks like. We've got other types of communities in this church. There's a ladies' Bible study on Zoom on a Thursday morning. It's not the same as a life group, but it's another type of community you can grow in. We have youth on a Friday night, the tween teens. Sometimes the men or the ladies gather together. Different kind of community, but a way for us to grow. Men, uh, 19th of February, put that in your calendar now. The men are gathering. We're going to eat breakfast. All the stomachs, please come. And the hands to flip the bacon. <laughs> We're going to have Bruce McAlpine come and speak to us and help us grow over food. Because Jesus did stuff over food. So it's really biblical and we, we want to eat together. But I'm serious. 19th of February, we'll advertise it from next week. The men are going to get together. Another community moment to grow 
in God. Could I have that other microphone? I've asked a few friends just to share one idea, one big thing, one benefit for them and their personal experience. What is for them why they go to life group? And so this is the order, I think. Kendall, do you want to come up? And then Struan, and then Heather, then Brandon. Thank you. It's not a, not a sermon, hey? No, I know. Okay, good. <laughs> ten pages. Um, ten pages. Go for it. Yeah. Okay. Hello. Sure. I haven't used the mic in a very long time. Um, I think it's quite funny. So I, I had no idea what Glendon was going to talk about. And I know that he kind of introduced us coming up and speaking about life group in relation to grow, but um, funny enough, what I've written relates more together. So um, I really struggled to find a church, and I think I'm going to struggle to find a church going forward as well. But I struggled to find a church because church was a very lonely experience for me, um, and a very high, uh, it was um, a very anxious experience for me because I didn't know anyone. And when I joined Hope City, Candace said to me, well, why don't you join a life group? And I had to make the very tough decision to go into another social situation where I also didn't know anyone. And I made the decision and it was the best decision I ever made. I think that life group helped me then to reduce my anxiety of um, gathering. So gathering is not easy when you don't know anyone. So for those of you who don't know anyone in the church, joining a life group is going to help you overcome that. And fulfilling the growing need, my relationship with God has become even stronger because my life group leader and all of the people in my life group have just helped me go through many downs. So I've been through a lot in the past few, few years, two years, um, and they helped me grow through that and celebrate many, many ups. So going through so many positive things and helping me actually see the positive things and celebrate them because I think that sometimes it's very difficult for us to do that too. So, yeah, um, gather and grow, but more, more so gather. <laughs> Hi, Church. So uh, what I really like about uh, Life Group is just the gathering, of course, and uh, being, getting to know people um, better and forming friendships, and you have fun, and uh, it's a time for fellowship. And then sometimes things get really real, and someone shares something, and then the amazing thing happens that like vulnerability suddenly enters the room, and you find that you're not alone in your struggle, and other people have a similar issue that they're dealing with, or you can relate to someone else's story. And then when you come time to pray about it, and at the end, and then you see the structures and the forms of people's relationship with Jesus takes on so many different forms, and you can learn from that. And that's something I really take away from life group and the praying and, and getting to know each other and getting to know God together. Hi, guys. Um, I joined Hope City, I think, on day one. What was that, five and a half years ago? Or five, six years ago. Sure. <laughs> so um, I was, I called myself a new Christian at that time. And so all these old Christians were so happy all the time. <laughs> they seemed so content with life and so fulfilled. And I was like, I want that. And 
why don't I have that? I go to church, I pray. Um, and then I joined Life Group, and I realized that it's not just about coming to church and speaking to God from time to time. It's about really getting to know God and building a relationship with Him. And that's what Life Group has taught me. And now I'm an old Christian. <laughs> And I'm happy and I'm content. <laughs> so, yeah, I encourage you guys, if you want to become old, join a life group. <laughs> Morning, everyone. Uh, thanks, Glennon and Candice, for giving me an opportunity to share um, on live group for 30 seconds. Okay. <laughs> so... Uh, I'm just going to just quickly quote a scripture from Proverbs 27, and in the message version it says, you use steel to, to sharpen steel, and one friend sharpens another. Just f something funny, the scripture before, um, hey baby. The scripture before says something about a, a spouse, a nagging spouse being like a drip, drip, drip from a faucet. I just, I thought that was funny. But, so, listen, Life Group has really been quite impactful for us. And for me, it's sharpening each other as a steel or iron sharpens iron. Um, I know for us, just a quick example is Lee was looking for a job at the end of last year. Uh, because her contract was finishing with her position in, 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 in another school. And, you know, we spoke about it so much in our life group. And, this, and the amount of support and prayer and uh, just the, um, the love that we felt was truly amazing. And just a testimony to that is that we, we kept praying and every week we would bring it up, or our life group uh, family would bring it up say, hey, how's it going, you know, how's the interviews? And she applied everywhere she could. It was like hundreds of uh, applications. Um, and in the 11th hour, she got a position starting the beginning of this year. And I think that's just a testament to having that support uh, in life group. Like, you can only get so much on a Sunday morning, um, but when you join a life group, you get connected to a family and you have that, that iron that, that you can sharpen against. So these values, gather and grow, serve and go. Um, being at church on a Sunday and attending, well, not attending. Attending is a terrible word. Yeah. I want none of you to attend church. You must come and seek the Lord <laughs> and participate in church. Um, yeah, let me move off that quickly. <laughs> I want to challenge you all, for at least for this the six weeks of gifted, try and commit to come every Sunday for six weeks. Try and bring a friend every Sunday for six weeks. Try, if you're not in a life group, join one. There's a clipboard at the back. Um, sign up. If you're not in a group, say, this is where I live. We'll help you find one near to where you stay. Life is busy and complicated. We know that. If you can't come out on a Tuesday night or a Wednesday night, you might want to join one of the Zoom life groups, okay? 
There are a couple of those that are running. If you like, I like real people in people, in person, but I can't come out. Can I have a group in my lounge for six weeks? Yes, you can. You can either lead it, we'll train you and give you the material for the six weeks gifted series, or we'll send a leader to your home to lead it for you. Write that in, say, I want to host a group or I want to lead a group. Fill that out on the clipboard at the back. But I want to challenge you, as God is saying to us, grow. Here's a moment where we can choose to grow, because growth is optional. We choose it, right? I want to challenge you. Please come next week as well, but for the six weeks after that, right? Commit to coming every week for six weeks and life group for six weeks in a row. And I can promise you, if you come with a humble heart, wanting to learn and hear from God, you will change. God will touch you. He will speak to you. You will be different. Amen. Amen. Father, we thank you that we haven't joined an organization with all these rules and things. We are in a family, in a body. We're part of an army. We have a relationship with you. It's organic. It's life-giving. It's fun. And Father, thank you that your ways for us to grow are clear in Scripture. Help us, Lord, over the next couple months to gather, to grow, to serve, and to go. Help us to bring other people here that they could gather to. Father, I pray that you would change us, transform us, metamorphosis. As we look at Jesus, we're transformed into his likeness with ever-increasing glory which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Father, thank you that you are always at work within us. Help us to follow suit in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thanks for joining us this morning. It's really so good to see all your faces again. If you wanting to join us for Starting Point next Sunday, you've been visiting church the last couple months. Please fill out your details so we can cater for you. If you want to join a life group or join just a six-week gifted group or host one, please also put your name at the back. Tamsin's already there before we've dismissed the meeting. That's amazing commitment. She's choosing to grow. Come on, give her a round of applause. Come on, Tamsin. It's amazing. May you all be like Tamsin and like Jesus. <laughs> Have a great week, guys. Amen. Yeah.